Hey, this is Benjamin with Top Floor Studios. Today, I have Mike with me. Stick around. You might learn something. Today, I have Mike with me, known as Sidewalk Surfer 66 on Instagram. Go ahead and say hi. Hello, everybody. And you are a, a multi-talented person. You do art, you do music, you do reclaimed work. Am I missing anything? Uh, no, just overall tinkerer of overall things. Overall tinkerer of things, yeah. Uh, you do a lot of reclaimed work, right? You do like taking old TVs and then putting them inside of yeah. a record machine and somehow it works. And exactly, I try to make things function again. Function again. <laughs> So would you call yourself a reclaimed artist or would you say that I'm an artist who also does reclaimed work? Uh, I'd say definitely an artist who does reclaimed work. Uh, Do you have a similar process with uh, like every piece or is it kind of just whatever inspiration that you see fit? It's kind of a free-for-all. Like most of the time I'll find something or I have like an imagination of what I want to start. Like there's, there's one route where I can go that's uh, I imagine it first and then I go out and find the pieces and uh, there's the other route where I just happen to come up crossings over a couple of months or whatever, and eventually I'm like, oh, I finally have the inspiration or the idea to use it for. So I'm a hoarder in a sense of a bunch, but at the same time, uh, I try to pick up things with a purpose. Do you ever feel like when um, people are starting out in art and they see like your work or they see a different reclaimed artist work? Uh, do you think that gives them a drive to do more reclaimed art or do you think it's kind of like a oh this is really interesting but I'm going to still go ahead and go a more traditional route uh, I try my best to inspire people to at least try it themselves or like simplify it to where they can see that they can approach it themselves and uh, some people are like oh that's cool and just move on to the next thing or other people are like oh actually that sounds like something I'm really interested in getting into yeah that's really cool like when I first saw your artwork um, you came to one of the the sessions yeah and uh i was i wasn't able to make it because i had to go to work but then i got home and my mom had bought one of your oh uh, that big old stereo thing. yeah the stereo thing it was it was an old record player right yeah exactly that was one actually i had the record i bought it from uh like the goodwill for like five dollars or six dollars and it, it didn't work when i bought it but i was like the shape is too cool to throw away and it was a piece of, not a piece of junk, because it had, like, the visual appeal and, like, the colors and the era of stuff I like. Um, but after having it for about a year, I realized I'm never going to fix it. And instead of throwing it out, I just opened it up and realized there's so much space and different stuff you could do with it, you know? Yeah. Do you think that uh, reclaimed art is half MacGyvering, half, oh, yeah. half artistry? <laughs> for me, like, uh, whenever I start anything, like, especially with... Uh, Maybe, like, I'll call them antiques, for instance, or just, like, older objects that are kind of outdated and just unused anymore. Um, opening them up, like, a lot of the stuff I have to open up, and I never know what's inside of them at all. Like, sometimes I find spider webs, sometimes it's really clean, sometimes it's uh, not at all what I expected. So I, if I have an idea of how I want it to go, and I open it up, and it's completely different than what I imagined inside to be, I'll have to, like, MacGyver into, and, like, shape it into what I want it to be. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, along the reclaimed art stuff, you do more traditional, traditional, I put in quotes, because you have a very unique style, almost a cartoony. Yeah, yeah. Do I you... try to, uh, I think of, my biggest inspiration was the Jetsons as a kid. 
just like the shapes, the colors, and like the era of everything, like mm-hmm. retro future, in a yeah, sense, you know? Yeah, retro future. Yeah, that's really... It's like contradicting, but it, everybody knows what that is, you know? Yeah, I think that's the best part, and I think that's a big draw to your art, especially because like, um, when you first started out, even being inspired by the Jetsons, like, when did you start drawing? Uh, as a little kid, I always drew. Uh, it was... Just one of those things after it's like to pass the time, I would color by I never stayed in the lines and I would just like copy old cartoons or I remember I used to sell drawings of Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z when I was in grade school because like I would trade, I would either trace them or try to come up with my own characters mm-hmm. and uh, I would just draw shapes and objects of things that were just around and I remember one day in high school somebody like came to me and was looking at my notebook and was like this is actually pretty cool and it looks just like it looks like something that you, how do I put it? Like, they said, it looks like you on paper. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, they're like, yeah, it looks like your style, like how you would be on paper. And I was like, oh, I have a style and you're into it. It was really interesting to get the feedback and like kind of drove me to be more myself and also work on like making it better and more appealing, you know? Yeah, so um, something that you do a lot uh, that I've noticed is that even though like uh, you have you have your own characters and stuff, it seems like sometimes they're in their own little world. Like you oh, created yeah. a world inside, and uh-huh. you use your characters throughout your all your drawings. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the characters I have, like especially um, my green guys and girls, I've yet to come up with a cool name for them. But the green dudes, the green people, um, I always have. I draw them like I kind of like just sketch a bunch of play. I, if you notice, they all look pretty similar but they have like their own different like quirks or different uh, like different personalities in a sense, just visually. And so I go off of what I think they would do in their spare time. Like I kind of, once I draw them, I look at them like, oh, I feel like this guy has been here or done that or Mm -hmm. likes this and dislikes that. Um, And so it kind of like stems from that and I try to create like um, a world where they interact, even though they're on like their own separate pictures or like their own separate drawings. I imagine a whole world where like when they're not or after they took that picture they walked down to the corner store and they all hung out or something you know mm-hmm. and this what kind of hijinks they get into and yeah. try to like elaborate on their story so it's like storytelling and uh character design at the same time you know yeah i think that's really cool it's almost like a comic book but like it you don't know when the next panel is going to come and there's yeah. not like a super villain it's kind of like i think uh one of my favorite things was um getting comic books but, like I, I would read them most of the time, I would just really look at the pictures, uh, but it was always like specific panels. Like it'd be in the middle of the comic book, and if you just read the text, you had no idea what was going on. But it had like a story. Like there was more to the picture than what was shown and said. You know, so you kind of like get that whole entire uh, history before the picture and the mystery of what's coming after it to like fill your imagination with. You know. Yeah. Do you think that um, as you get older? And you kind of go to school. Did you ever take any, uh, like, schooling? Yeah. Uh, I went to, uh, actually, Glendale Community College for a while to take graphic design courses. And uh, at the time, I thought it would be cool to be a graphic designer because computers, I wasn't, like, fully into computers, but I was interested in computer arts. But after going to school for it, I realized I'm much more interested in doing, like, physical hand stuff. And, like, I, I hate computers. You know, there's, there, it's cool. Like the coolest thing about computers is the control Z to, to be able to undo something. But uh, there's something about a real pen on real paper mm-hmm. and like the, 
the fluidity, if that's a word, yeah. of like the raw fluidity that you can do versus digitally, you yeah, know? Digitally, and like, plus like nowadays you can Photoshop an accidental line or something, you know? So I kind of like mix, lately I've been mixing the two, but uh, starting out almost every, actually every single drawing I do is always on paper. Yeah, and then do you like uh, put it in like a transfer? Like I know like, uh, a lot of printers that you can put, like you can scan it and then it Oh yeah, in. yeah. Actually, um, I take photographs, like I just put it under a light or a lamp or something that has good lighting where there's no shadows on anything. Mm -hmm. um, just take a picture with your cell phone and you can always alter the contrast or just make, I always draw on white paper with a black pen, specifically microns, because um, I have like a bold line um, that you can do. Uh, and I take the photograph and then you can bump up the contrast or like make it brighter or darker in certain areas and like kind of like digitally edit it with your phone mm -hmm. and then you can transfer that into illustrator which had this really cool thing called uh the uh outline trace or something like that uh <laughs> i don't even know my own process but there's a cool thing where you can basically translate your photograph into the computer program where it makes all your black lines uh computer art files like computer art lines a vector file Oh, so you wow. can like select specific places or like make lines bolder or change mm -hmm. certain things about it in a digital format, you know? So just that right off the bat really opens the whole world to make it a little more than just a black and white drawing. You can color it easily, you can scale it or put a cool background on it, you know? Yeah. Do you think that uh, sometimes, especially because uh, at the loft we work with a lot of youth, do you think that sometimes people are intimidated uh, by, think so, by yeah. like different styles of art? I think uh, one thing that took me years to realize is that um, you don't know your, your style until you have it or until somebody tells you, oh, that's your style. You think you do or you think you don't, um, but there's going to be a day where somebody's like, oh, that looks like you made it, like you specifically made it. Um, and that's like a really cool thing to break through because once like everybody reaches that point or like you might even be at that point already but uh when you realize that you have your own style then you can like jump into it you know you can actually mm -hmm. reflect and see exactly what it is that makes your drawings yours and like i think the other intimidating thing that again took me a while to realize was that i was so much younger than a lot of the really good people that i enjoyed looking at their artwork mm -hmm. um and it's not that i wasn't good it's just that i wasn't experienced yeah, and I think that's a really intimidating thing. Is that oh, this guy's so good, or you compare your stuff to other people's stuff, rather than just doing what's good for yourself. Yeah, are you into photography at all? I used to be actually. Um, I had the last uh, couple of drawings I've done for my characters. Originally, I was doing just random Google searches for background images that I imagined them in already. Mm. But I recently started going around town and just driving down the street and seeing a cool spot. Or even go on a road trip and find like a really neat place and taking photographs of it and uh, superimposing my characters into like my own photographs. So it's not like a photography thing. Like it's not a, I don't know if it'd be called photography really, because it's not really that artsy, but it's more like photographing a scene, you know? Okay. It's like a building instead of like a sunset that, I, that captures my eye. But uh, before I used to do um, shoot old. Uh, the peel apart Polaroid film. It's called like FP100. It's like the old uh, accordion cameras that you can get. Mm -hmm. And they made them in like the 50s throughout the late 60s, I think. But you, it was just basically the early version of Polaroids where you take the picture and you have to pull it out of the camera instead of it shooting out. And it squeezes all the uh, chemicals onto the page or onto your picture and then you peel it apart 
instead of the classic like oh, like, oh, like little white tab. Yeah, and then, it was pre that. Yeah, exactly. And then you had to shake out. You had to shake it out, which yeah. technically doesn't do anything, but it makes no. it go better. You actually, I don't know if anybody's interested, but uh, you aren't supposed to be shaking your Polaroid. You're actually supposed to put it under your arm or in like a warm area because like the heat is actually what processes it versus shaking it where actually you kind of dishevel the chemicals where they should be but uh, there's no rules i guess no i mean i don't know how to use a polaroid i don't really ever take photography or anything that's not my style of art um yeah i more do like little sketches and different things like that i never really put my stuff into the art show not because i'm like I feel inferior or anything. It's just I don't. That doesn't interest I, you. No, I don't have that drive as an artist. Yeah. I'm more of a musician. I play more music than I do yeah. drawing. But um, something that we keep running into, especially at the loft, is that we get new artists coming in, which is awesome. Like usually mm-hmm. around like 14 to like 17 people who have never shown their work before. Yeah. And I was listening to a conversation. I was here at the loft, and there was a conversation going around of um, photography is like photography artists sometimes feel inferior to artists that draw or like sometimes a painter will feel inferior to like someone who's actually really good at photography yeah it's like yeah. a weird almost competition thing between like the two very different sets or mm-hmm. skill sets so do you have any like insight on that like as a photographer when you did photography versus now where you're doing more pen and pencil um, there's a couple uh, people a couple of my friends, actually one friend specifically who's very into photography, um, and he's been doing it for years and has mastered it, does his own film processing and everything, and uh, he has always been one of the guys that I go to for advice for that. So he's, he, in my head, he's a professional. His name's Ulysses, by the way. Um, but uh, he's my go-to, quote-unquote, professional that I know. And uh, it's not that it turned me off from doing it, it's just that, or... I didn't think that I would never be to his level. It's just he approached it in such a different way, in such an obscure way that, uh, again, was his own style of photography. Um, and, like, there's a couple other people that I really like that have, like, they can shoot really good low-light stuff, like stuff at nighttime, where I, when I would take it, it would just look black and you mm-hmm. can't see anything, you know? Yeah, but I some think. people just know exactly what they're doing. And it's not that it's a turnoff for me. It's, it's actually inspiring to see other people mastering something that they're really interested in, you know? Yeah. And then I guess, like, from the other way around, like, uh, thinking of a photographer to, an, like, a drawing artist or, like, a painting artist, um, it's just a different world. And I think, uh, I don't know if a lot of people feel that way, but it's it's definitely art, but it's a completely different realm. You know, it's like apples to oranges. Yeah. I definitely so, I feel you on that because, like, as a musician, uh, I play primarily bass, and then I can I, I can play guitar and I can play keyboard, um, but like when I'm playing my bass, I feel more like I'm in a world that I understand more. Mm-hmm. Like I could play guitar, okay-ish. Like I could definitely like if someone needs a fill-in, yeah, let me learn the song, and I feel like I can probably fill in for you as long yeah, as you yeah. don't have me doing some like crazy shredding stuff. Mm-hmm. I should I could play power chords. But, like, uh, <laughs> I'm That's not... That's all that matters, man. Just put yeah. distortion on it. Uh, yeah. I love it. don't need those. What is it, <laughs> finger tricks little things? Like a lick? Nah. Power chord. F-C-A. That's right. Good. That's it. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, like, uh, that's something that I feel like happens a lot in, in the other side of, of, like, the fine arts inside of music. It's where, like, oh, this guy is uh, so good at, you know, playing the trombone, but 
you know, and I can't even pick up a, a recorder or something. I don't yeah. know. Something that seems so different, but it's still the same thing. It's like, yeah, yeah we're playing, uh, like, wind instruments, but we're not playing... I'm not playing a brass wind. I'm playing yeah. a, you know, a little piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. Usually in, like, fifth grade, it's like, oh, I'm not good at this. Well, you've never done it before. Right. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I, I feel like that's what happens a lot to artists when they come in to like a, a, a venue or they go to like a gallery or like the art museum downtown in Phoenix mm-hmm. where they see like super like 40 years experience went to school for everything and they're like six and they're holding up their drawing that they show their mom. Yeah. It's like, I'm never going to be as good as these guys. It's like, yeah, but you're six. They're like four times. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like there's, you don't realize it until you're older. You're like, you know what? I, I was totally capable. And that's one of those things. It's like, if you definitely have to put the time into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're looking at people who are far beyond more experienced than you and you keep comparing yourself to them, like, that's not a fair game, you know? Yeah. That's like uh, a hockey player going onto an ice skating rink and being like, I can do it, but not fancy, you know? Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, it's really like, how how can we... Something that I really struggle with, not not as like personally but like I struggle with like learning about the art world is that when people come in and they say okay I want to be um a sculptor I want that to be my master I'm like okay cool what have you started with and and it's like okay I did this stuff and all this and it's like it's really good it looks really good for where they are it's just pushing them to the next level like we had this conversation with actually Aaron on, on our other podcast, on our first podcast of how can you push someone to the next level without feeling that, like, you're overbearing? Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I think... Well, that's a really good question, actually. I think... Uh, well, I'll just talk about, like, my own uh, experience. Like, mm-hmm. things that pushed me to get better and that weren't so uh, so forceful. It was just... All right, so I think uh, for me, for my personal experience, was uh, just hanging out with people who are on your same level. Uh, kind of like I relate a lot of stuff to skateboarding because it's one of those things that's just like, it sounds stupid, but it applies to a lot of stuff. Um, for instance, here's how I'm going to apply is If you're a skateboarder hanging out with a bunch of kids who suck, you're going to be only as good as them. But if you hang out with a crowd who's better they and you want to like replicate what they do, or at least you want to be comparable you step your game up and you can you at least try more you know and the more you try sometimes you succeed and eventually you'll keep succeeding and so i kind of do that same thing in the art world where uh there's a lot of stuff that i've never done um or even just stuff that i've been interested in forever but always want to try but never have tried is at first i uh, get a couple good examples of where i'd like to go with it Mm -hmm. and then I give it a shot, like in a, like like watercolors, for instance. One of my friends, Matt, was great at watercolors, um, and I'd never done it before. But then I saw, his, like, I saw his kit that he has, like the specific brushes, um, the certain types of watercolors, and I kind of like copied his approach to it. At least the tools. I got every tool that he said was a necessity, and then uh, I just give my shot on my own like I didn't have any rules or anything except like here's the tools I have and I have no idea how it's going to turn out but I'm at least going to try it and see how it works mm-hmm. and uh once you at least break the threshold of trying it then you kind of see 
the quirks that things have. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of weird, but like you got to give it a shot and see where it goes and then you can fine tune it. You know? Yeah. When when someone's critiquing your art or mm-hmm. like um someone's talking about your art, how does it make you feel like what do you what goes to your head so that it doesn't always sound it doesn't sound negative, but it also doesn't sound Yeah. It's like, uh, it sounds like a pat on the back, but it's not like a you're the best thing since sliced yeah. bread. I think uh, what I really enjoy is hearing what people in, like like about it and what their favorite parts are. And then I ask what they would enjoy more or how could they enjoy it more? Or what else would make it even better? Mm. Um, same thing with my projects. Like I'll put um, like, like making the speakers or amplifiers or anything. Uh, the most important thing for me to build or at least yeah just get more experience in the art world or in mm-hmm. what i'm doing is uh, asking just simply what's your favorite part about it and what's your least favorite part about it and then just like the two polar opposites it's one that you're proficient in that you can get like fine-tune something that you're already good at but you can fine-tune it mm-hmm. and nail it um and then there's things that you're not great at that you can improve on Right. And then you don't know, like, maybe that will become, like, the more time you focus on your worst part, that may become your best part, you know? Right. But again, it's all just experience, like, yeah. trial and error. Do you think that um, sometimes you can, you get to a point where, like, say you've been an artist for five years. Do you think that there are, like, in, there are, like, obviously milestones that you're going you're gonna to mm-hmm. reach as an artist? Just yeah. if you do art every day for uh, if you do five days a week and you spend two hours on it every every day, mm-hmm. you're obviously just going to get better just because you're doing yeah. it more. Consistency, yeah. Do you think that consistency sometimes is uh, more important than just, like, straight improvement? Because, like, sometimes I feel like oh, there's yeah, a lot of times absolutely. where you're, like, you go from, like, being really good and then all of a sudden you're excellent, but after you're excellent, you never stay excellent. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Like, there's... Like we were saying, like there's always room for improvement, um, but I think they kind of go hand in hand, consistency and um, improving, I guess. Or I th- how do I put it? I think consistency is great because, like I said, that's something that you can, if you're consistent with something, you can mm-hmm. fine tune it. But when you strive for improvement, then that's like going out of your comfort zone, and that's the the biggest thing, I think. Um, that's helped me is trying new things. I'm a huge fan of just experimenting with uh, music, with arts, with uh, electronics, with almost everything. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what keeps my momentum, I guess, is I don't stick on to one thing. Um, and I have a bunch of projects that I have in my head that I want to get to, and I have a bunch of stuff that I haven't completed. So it's kind of like at the same time, uh, I don't know, my brain's a mess. Uh, and it's... <laughs> And my, it's, I guess it's like an organized mess, you know? Yeah, it's an organized mess. Um, but uh, I think just getting out of your comfort zone, again, it's just something that pushes you into a different element. Mm-hmm. And then when you're outside of your element, you, you do things that you wouldn't normally do. Like right. drawing my characters, um, I'd never done Photoshop before. I mean, I did like in school and stuff, but never something that was specifically just for fun. Um, and then just realizing the attributes and like of doing digital computer art, I realize there's so much stuff that you can do. And that's, that's one thing that you'll never 
know the possibilities if you don't get out of your box. Right. Uh, you went to school for digital arts, like specifically, or were yeah. you kind of just there it for It was like, a graphic design degree. Graphic design. I didn't finish, but it, I got a whole lot of good experience. A whole lot of good experience. Yeah. Did you ever think about going to like the Phoenix Art Center, or not Center, uh, Phoenix Art School downtown? No. Um, I specifically went to Glendale Community College because they had, they're known for their like really good art structure, like their art, um, I guess, approach to teaching art, and their whole art program as a whole was like their big thing over there. Um, and I heard a lot of cool things about it. I didn't know anybody that went there, um, but it was either going to that or Estrella Mountain Community College, and uh, I noticed like all the nurses and stuff and like the kids I didn't really enjoy were going to yeah. uh, Estrella, and like, it, was, it was close to home, but I think uh, the drive up to Glendale Community College was totally worth it every day because it was stuff that interested me, and there was a bunch of people that were also interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a good community. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, there's ever a hindrance in schooling of, like, teaching of art? Because I feel like a lot of times people get turned off by school, especially really, like, I'm an artist, and I'm, like, super artsy, but I'm, yeah. like, against the rules. I'm not going to go to school. I can there's, learn it on my own. Like, the, there's so many people... Even in high school, like everybody knows that person who says, oh, I'm an artist or I'm a guitarist or that kid that walks around your campus carrying the acoustic guitar. And it's like, oh, cool, man. Like, you're a guitar. Can you play me something? But then he ends up playing a bunch of cover songs and he's never really written his own song, you know, but is all about being the artist. Um, same thing with drawings. Like there's people, I'm not like talking bad about anybody who calls himself an artist or a guitarist or anything, but there's the arrogant people who... I don't want to say do it for attention, but definitely make it apparent that they're the specific person that they want you to see them as. Mm -hmm. And then there's the people who just naturally do it and are gifted at it. Um, Some are really quiet about it or shy about it, and some are confident about it. And like that's confidence is not a bad thing. Um, It's it's great to have confidence in whatever you're doing. Um, But uh, I noticed, like, I'm not. I don't want to say to be humble. Um, it's nice to be humble, but it's also nice to know what you're worth. Mm-hmm. And if somebody says your drawing's great, it's totally cool to say thanks. I really enjoy it too. Versus, oh, I suck. And you know, yeah. it's, it could be better. There's always a. I, I like to be humble, but also, um, what's the best word for it? Um, I like to be humble, but I also like to be confident. You know. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best, the the two main things that keep you to be, like, approachable, you know? Yeah. If you're humble, people will ask you questions about it, and you shouldn't have any problem explaining it or, like, because if somebody's interested, and that's, that means either they want to learn more about it or even try it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're confident, then you can, at least, you can like approach people and tell them, hey, I do this thing, and I can help you. Like, you can try it my way, and if you don't like it my way, then just go back to whatever way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, a lot of the times we, we as even artists, we sometimes say, oh, that's traditional, that's non-traditional. Like, yeah. I have a, I don't enjoy non-traditional, so, like, sometimes I talk down to it. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, um, something that a lot of people run into, 
that I've noticed, especially like when I go to art museums and I go to like different things. And a lot of the times, like we'll go into like the ancient art or like uh, Eastern art. Mm-hmm. And it's like all these really ordained, like beautiful paintings or like super next level po- like pottery yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And then like we go into the modern art uh, exhibit and somehow like the attitude towards <laughs> art changes. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Because it's like it went from like you had to be able to there's paint. structure yeah like you you're like you're like okay we're gonna paint a person this is how you do it and you know all the pe- people in paintings mm-hmm. look the same or you know whatever you can make that argument but it's just like uh like renaissance era art and then there's like this weird thing in the art like world jackson where it's like, pollock or like yeah uh, i think that guy did that uh it's like r mutt i don't know if you guys know that but r dot m-u-t-t if you look it up um it's kind of a cool thing it was a uh, a urinal um and it's just got somebody's scribbled name on it and it was one of the things that um challenged the idea of what is art and mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was i learned that in, in school that was like probably the coolest thing i got out of school is taking art history because you learn so much you learn all the classical stuff you learn all the experimental stuff and everything in between um but i remember that there was this artist marcel duchamp and he was on a committee for an art show and they're going to have this whole extravagant art show. Anybody could submit it, um, as long as it was art, sculptures, paintings, whatever. Um, and Marcel Duchamp was one of those uh, kind of obscure guys. Uh, I think it was back in the early 1900s, I think. Actually, it's written 1917 on this urinal. Um, but uh, he was on this committee to have an art show. And he was one of the guys who really wanted to, like, test the waters and really push the limits of what is called art. So he secretly submitted this urinal, which was like a porcelain urinal that you pee in, like a real urinal. Um, And he scribbled this name, R. Mutt, on it in 1917 and submitted it it as an art piece. And uh, it was a huge, like, people had an uproar about it. And they were just like, that's not art. Like, that's a urinal, you know. But his... uh, rebuttal to it was that no like somebody shaped it somebody built it like if you think about it it's a sculpture in a sense you know it's a functional sculpture it's not something that just sits on your which in my head it's it's cool because it doesn't just sit on your desk it's functional and it's something that somebody put time and effort into you know like and that that's really what art is to me is something that you put time and effort into mm-hmm. anything your like words or how you dress or you know just everything you do is art and so this guy Marcel Duchamp was one of the people who really like tested or put people to the test of calling what art is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that was at the turn of the century. And that's why I feel like he was kind of, I don't want to say he was the person to bring it into this whole modern art thing, mm-hmm. but that was around the time where it started shifting from the classical, you know, structured uh, formula to art versus a no rules thing, mm-hmm. versus whatever you do is art. But then it kind of like, at the same time, stabbed itself, stabbed art itself, saying anybody can be an artist. And that's, again, you gotta like think about what is art versus what is not art. Again, like after this guy basically said anything is art, then everyone's like, oh, anything is art. But then you're like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Like, it's not there's kind of rules, you know? <laughs> so it's really, it's, that's what's so neat about it is that there's a huge gray area. Like everything's gray. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on what you think of it. Yeah. Um, 
So for you, you're more non-traditional, a little bit. Uh, a lot of people would say his art is non-traditional, but uh, for you, what is your like favorite part of non-traditional art? Uh, I was gonna say the my favorite part about it is that well, I think like in my head the definition of traditional art would be to like the way they did it back then was you would have a master and you would copy what the master did and uh, replicate uh, your quote-unquote master um, and he would teach you the ways and then you would end up painting just like him and that's why a lot of stuff is so similar back then you know you have like the specific ages like the renaissance and the baroque and mm-hmm. gothic and um, I'd say for traditional art you're not really copying anybody you're just getting inspired to make things um, and that's where the whole no rules things comes around is that anything can be inspiration like for me it's specifically shapes and colors that I really dig on um, but for somebody else it might be um, I don't know other paints or like whatever your forte is you know mm-hmm. for me it's shapes and colors for you it might be sounds or uh, sights or a specific person or even a cartoon that you like like that's where I started out was just being inspired by cartoons that I grew up with and trying to copy them. So in a sense, like you, you choose who your master is and then you learn from that or just learn from experience. But you, it's really where your inspiration is coming from. Instead of a specific person, it's a multitude of things. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite part about it is it gives you such a huge opportunity to really experiment with so much stuff. Um, and that's that's where I get my like the exciting part for me is that um, you're not stuck to one thing like uh, I'd say for me there's no I don't specifically just draw I don't just do music or I don't just do sculptures or there's it's I don't have this one specific thing that I do mm-hmm. um, and I kind of like they have that phrase a jack of all trades a master of none and I'm like the king of that where I do so much stuff and like I feel like I'm pretty decent at a lot of it but I'm not the best mm-hmm. and I don't really feel like I need to be the best I just want to have fun and enjoy it you know it's really for me and it's nice that other people like it too I guess a little cherry on top all right that's really that's really cool it's a really good way to like think about art I think because a lot of the times there's always the the edge of competition mm-hmm. it's like I want to be better than this person or that yeah. person but it's like I think I think once you get to that freedom where it's like you understand art on another level, not like, not another level, like, you know, I'm ascending, but like you, you think about, about see art it differently. Yeah. You think about art and you see art in a different way. Because if you think about it, like say we took one of the most popular pieces of modern art of like the 2000s era. And I don't even know what that would be, but then we took it all the way back to the Renaissance and said, this is art. You know, we yeah. get thrown out of the church. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but it, in its own regard, it is art. Mm-hmm. Just that armut, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> armut. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Is that cool with you? Absolutely. All yeah. right. Um, we're definitely going to have you back as soon as possible. And uh, we would love to reach out to you for our musician podcast because you're not only an artist, but you do music stuff. You build yeah. really crazy cool instruments. And we would mm-hmm. definitely love to hear a process on how to, like, how you put a guitar together out of like two broken like hangers <laughs> broken and a, things and yeah two broken hangers and like a tuba and you're like it's yeah. a guitar now that doesn't make sense Duh. whatever dude just, as long <laughs> as it has a string on it yeah it makes yeah. it work it makes it work so where can people find you at 
Um, the only social media I really use is Instagram. And again, that's sidewalk surfer 66. Uh, and if you are interested in seeing me in real life, uh, I frequent the, the loft over here, um, show my art and, uh, I'm always available on Instagram. Just message me and, uh, let me know what you need or what you want, or uh, even just to say hi. Or just to say hi. All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. So long. That's all the time we had for today. But if you want to hear the rest of our conversation, go to our website at www.theloftaz.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at loft.az. You can support us on GoFundMe at www.gofundme.com/theloftartcommunity. We hope you have a fantastic week. See you next time.